The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello and welcome back to Public Access America. You know me, my name is Jason, and I am excited to have you with us for this episode. We're going to be talking about testing positive for marijuana in the Olympics. Is this still a thing? Should this still be happening? Shouldn't this have been resolved by now? And race norming in the medical industry and sports. Pretty disgusting practice that I just learned about, and I am going to be happy to discuss with my host, Jeffrey, right after the theme song, which comes right after the introduction, which is happening right now. You can find our live streams on YouTube at Public Access America, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central. You can find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and TuneIn Radio and Google Play, Player FM, TuneIn Radio, the Stitzer Smart Radio app, Radio Public, and yes, even more. You can find us on Twitter at Public Access Pod, and Instagram and Facebook at Public Access America. Public Access America is hosted by Red Circle, by the way. If you have a podcast and you want to host it for free and earn incentives while building your audience, Red Circle might be the way to go. Thank you for hanging in there and listening to all of that. We're going to get to the theme song, which comes right after the introduction, which is happening right now. Salam alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit... I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. Feel. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who was taking donations from the NRA, name on you. I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believe them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, 8 billion people. And if you're going to figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen. And here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 157 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. 
So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless America. May God bless America. May God bless America. Hi, Jeffrey. Hey, what's up? (laughs) How are you doing today? We were just talking about how hard it is to wake up. It is hard to wake up, but the doggo... Mm-hmm. She makes sure that I'm up. Yeah, I so, understand that. Nah, she's she's a good girl. Mm. And then she had to go wake, make sure that mom was awake, even though mom was definitely not awake. <clears throat> <laughs> well, yeah. And once a dog asks you for something, I mean, if they go and pee in the, on the floor after they ask you to go out, then whose fault really is it? You know. Well, I mean? and 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 that's the thing is like she's she's crate trained, so she will sleep in mm. her crate all day long, or you right. know, if we need to. But even still, <clears throat> I don't like to leave her in there terribly long, Mm-mm. like. She's, she's a member of the family. And so sometimes she gets to stay the night in, in bed with, with us and, and gets to Mm. snuggle. And sometimes she's got to be, she's got to be in her crate because she, if she doesn't get enough good sleep, she's kind of a jerk. Mm -hmm. So I get that. I get that. Aren't we all the same way? Yeah. If I don't get enough sleep, I'm really a jerk. Yeah. Me too. Sometimes Uh if I get too much sleep, I'm a jerk. Sometimes I'm just a jerk. Sometimes I'm just a jerk. Just for the sake of being a jerk, actually. You know what I mean? Well, depends on who earns it. That's right. Just to let people know I can go there once in a while. I'm so sweet. I'm so caring. I'm so so thoughtful that every once in a while I have to just say something like asshole-ish just to let people know I can. Just remind people that, you know, I'm nice Um, to you because, you know, you're good to me. But then you see this other person over here. They did something that was not so nice. That's right. And that's why I always start out nice because it's easier to eliminate nice than it is to try and get creatively angry. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. I don't get angry. Like people get angry. I just, I'm like, okay, that's the end of that. And I move on. I don't really get into the argument of why, why can't we still do what we were doing? It doesn't matter if somebody else has made the decision, there's no use arguing it, move on, you know, that's, you know, and and that's just it is, you know, I, I try to give, people as much of the benefit as the doubt of the doubt as I can, mm-hmm. because, you know, you never know, you never know what a person has had to go through, you know, that particular day or week or month or life. Right. But man, there, people will show you who they are pretty quickly most of the time. And say, thank you. Say yeah. thank you to that. You exactly. Know? It's like, Hey, you're a nice person. It's yeah. great to have you around. Hey, you're a terrible person. Thanks. That's right. I mean, I always look at it. If somebody tells me they're an asshole right away, then I don't even have to bother knowing them. It's that friend I had for 25 years that suddenly was like, oh, now I'm an asshole. And I was like, oh, I depended on you. You know, that sucks. <laughs> I tell people up front, I'm an asshole. I know I'm an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's just that, you know, I, I tend to temper it a lot better than I did when I was younger. Um, just cause it's like, you know, there's, there's already enough negativity in the world. It's like, mm-hmm. I actually need to do my part and try to be, you know, a positive person, which is why I always say I'm positive that this is going to suck. <laughs> well, plan, plan ahead or fall behind. I have a theory that if you plan during happy times, you'll smile during tough times. You know well, what I mean? Well, and, and the other thing too is, is that like, you can tell who's, who's been through the shit, like 
when things get really difficult, you can you can tell for the most part who's been through the shit because it's like they're like, all right, uh, this sucks. Okay, here's how we're gonna deal with this. Mm-hmm. And then you get people who've you know had the silver spoon who've never had to deal with any type of hardship, and then it's like the most mild inconvenience, and they fall apart. And it's like really this this is what's ruining your life. Okay. That's right. I always fall in love with people that have been through a struggle and I can just tell by the way they just handle themselves if they have, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and actually that's a perfect segue into people going through struggle. You know, this whole Shikari uh, Richards thing is just absolutely, I, wow. Yeah. Let's start with that. So this, this uh, is a really, yeah, go for it. So Jason, do you think marijuana is a performance enhancing drug? That is a great question. I I do not and not in sports, not in the sports field, but I think it can performance enhance in natural situations like hers. I think so here's the thing is, is that I think it is a performance enhancing drug if the contest is a hot dog eating contest. There you go. There you go. Robin Williams had a great skit on it, you know, 20 years ago about how, you know, marijuana enhances many things like sights, tastes, sensations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Most of the time, you're lucky if you can can find your own goddamn feet. Right. Well, I I have a, a certain perspective because when my wife passed away, I was just nothing. I was worthless. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. And then a friend came over and brought some pot over. And suddenly I could function, you know what I mean? And so I understand where she's coming from. Death mm-hmm. can really, really bring you down. And death in the family of somebody that you counted on and loved and have memories with, that's a tough thing to deal with too. But now here's now here's another aspect and avenue that we need to consider. Like those of us who have used marijuana know that there are certain strains that <clears throat> they just knock you on your ass you're, you're not doing mm. anything other than eating a bag of cheetos let's be that's realistic your, that's your indicas right yeah and then there are certain strains that you know they provide you more pain relief and anxiety reductions mm-hmm. and so you're you don't have you don't feel the same pains that you're used to feeling and you don't have those same anxieties so for some people what they say is is that by using marijuana they're able to exercise more and not feel those and not feel the pain or the anxieties that they're used to. So could you call that performance enhancement? That's what I was. That's what I meant when I answered your question. Yes. It'll allow me to perform. So now, but now here's the question. What's the difference between something like marijuana where it has a really short lifespan and Mm. you know, your, your selected benefit is going to dissipate really quickly versus something like anabolic steroids where Mm. that's something that you keep in your system and if you don't keep it up in your system things go haywire yeah right so to me i don't put marijuana in the same category of performance enhancing drugs as things like anabolic steroids because the whole point of anabolic steroids is to be able to help you pack on muscle mass. It helps mm-hmm. you do different things. Some steroids are better for healing. Some steroids are better for muscle mass building. Yep. Whereas marijuana doesn't do either of those things. 
-hmm. Marijuana deals with the pain element. So you're able to, you know, potentially work through pain, which is why sometimes it can be a little bit dangerous, like, especially if you have severe injuries, Mm -hmm. but but marijuana is not one of those things that you have to keep up on or else shit goes completely sideways. And you know, if you're a dude, you end up with a set of boobies. Mm. It's happened more than once. Um, Mm. most recently there was a case of the, the singer for, as I lay dying, he got really heavily addicted to steroids. And then, uh, and in the middle of him being completely whacked out, um, his, his ex-wife decided it was time to divorce because he was not anywhere close to the same person hires a hitman, tries to have her killed. Uh, but he ended up trying to hire an ex cop. So that didn't go well for him. And then he went to prison and when he went to prison, they immediately cut him off of his steroids. And so he ended up getting a set of boobs. Hmm. On a side note, Richard Spencer used to take steroids to enhance his boobs in prison because he was the prison bitch. That's how he survived prison. (laughs) So, so with anabolic steroids and and that realm of performance enhancing drugs, I mean, it's clear that you have to keep taking it or else there's, you know, there's some harm to the body that will be done, but it's, it's usage is dedicated only towards, you know, building muscle mass and repairing injuries. Like, to me, it's one of those things like, do I care if a player takes steroids because they're injured and they need to heal? Absolutely not. I think that's something that, that sports bodies need to figure out. But the problem with steroids is, is that there is long-term damage. And, and that's, and, and that's a very real thing. I've had to take steroids for injuries in the past. And granted, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, a collegiate athlete, even at, you know, the lowest level, the, the steroids that I had to, take were for for uh, i blew out my knee so right 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 so to help get me healed up and you know at least get me back to normal you know it's a very short period the whole point of it was just to get me healed when they reduce swelling right like the prednisone i took for my eyes was to reduce the swelling and i was on pretty pretty big doses for a while you know oh yeah prednisone uh prednisone and steroids like that have their uses for recovering a lot of different things commonly where i grew up prednisone got um prescribed for people who had been in contact with poison ivy Ah, because because that shit's nasty that sucks getting poison ivy although i wouldn't know because for some reason everybody else around me um would get into poison ivy and they would end up getting you know rashed out and everything right Poison Ivy never did anything to me, but I've also found out that my grandfather was the same way. Like poison Ivy didn't bother him at all either. So that's cool. Like that's you, a real weird on genetically. It's a, that's a weird one. It's like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to go out there and grab a handful of poison Ivy and test that theory. But I know that all of us have been through the same, like when I was working for the USDA, all of us have been through the same stuff you know, tire in our shoes, hands in the stuff, and mm-hmm. they would get poison ivy and I wouldn't. Right. You don't decide where you go. You just go where you're needed. I totally yeah. Get and you. I mean, and it's like all of us were in the same spot, like walking through the same stuff. So, you know, it wasn't that I wasn't exposed. I just right. never reacted to it. 
Mm. And, and, you know, the body changes every so often. So, you know, it's, you know, you do regenerate your cells and there's no way in hell I'm going to go out there and test that theory and find a bunch of poison ivy and see if I'm still, you know, good with it. Right. I'm just going to count my blessings that I've never had. <laughs> Me too, actually. I've never had it, but I've, I've stepped on a fire ant hill and that hurts like hell too. I took Agreed. a dump on a fire ant hill and it all, they all bit my ass. I was three great years old. Buzz, though. Did you get a great buzz from it? I got a great buzz from it. I was three years old. Uh, apparently, I just got a butt hurt from getting my fire uh, fire ants uh, eating my ass while I was taking a shit on their home. So, wow, I think we just found the origin story of butt hurt. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of butt hurt, the White House is reaching out to the Olympic Committee that that um, you know drafts these rules so that they can talk about having a marijuana taken uh, off the list okay the next the next yeah. meeting is in november but it looks like they want to have talks sooner than that do you really think they have a role in this the white house like they, they have a, a role it's an okay rule until an american gets caught with it and then suddenly the white house is involved so so here's where this is all this is this is where this is bullshit so mm. does the white house have a role in, yeah, in do marijuana they? absolutely and not where you think the White House has a responsibility in figuring out how do you legalize marijuana. And mm -hmm. then from there, you let all of these other sports bodies figure out for themselves what these policies look like. If it's legal, then who gives a shit? Because yeah, that is that is a uh that's a point in order of this, is that it yeah. is legal where she smoked it in Portland, Oregon. Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. it's legal. It's legal in other parts of the world, and I don't know if it makes a difference. And I hate when people do this, but alcohol is perfectly legal, you know. And the effects of it are just as damaging as smoking marijuana. So I don't. I see would argue that alcohol is far more damaging than marijuana is. But here's. But <clears throat> reality speaking, the fact that the White House is acting all butthurt about this, mm -hmm. but not doing anything to actually change the laws regarding marijuana. Right. It, it, it's, it's just some, it's, it's some very cute virtue signaling is all it is. Yes. It's democratic hand wringing, you know? Oh God, I can't believe that they affected a black woman like this. So you're going to legalize marijuana, right? Yeah. No, I, it's, it's, it's such bullshit. So I had this image like the swamp, right? Mm -hmm. And, and the swamp isn't where politicians are, but imagine a coliseum where the floor of the coliseum is a swamp mm -hmm. and good ideas just go into the swamp. And then Democrats just wring their hands and cry and go, oh, my God, our idea is dying. And Republicans <clears throat> are like, ha, 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 we killed their idea. But all the ideas are dying in the swamp. You can drain the swamp. You'll just find some really good ideas. You know what I mean? But yeah, and, and that's the thing is like. You know, Clarence Thomas even said it in a recent ruling that the state's enforcement, uh, the Fed's enforcement of marijuana policies doesn't make any sense at this point. Where you have states where it's legal and states where it's not, and mm -hmm. from a federal perspective, they need to shit or get off the pot, either legalize it or don't. You just get out of our way. It's a right. It's a right for me to do what I want to do. Let me do what I want to do if it doesn't harm another person. And the feds had their chance to be the ones to legalize it and say, you know what, we're going to legalize it and we're going to have a, we're going to put a federal tax on it. They right. had their chance to do that early on. They chose not to. So now it's going to, I, the feds just need to remove it from the restrictions and let states figure out if they're going to legalize it or not. Mm-hmm. 
I think ultimately states should legalize it and tax it if they so choose. I mean, I have my own feelings on taxes, but I can say though that states like Washington and uh, Colorado definitely, you know, they they definitely learn some some things about legalizing it and how you take that money and spend it. Mm-hmm. I would argue that they didn't learn enough lessons, but you know, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. It should be legalized. and But I think every state gets to make their own decision. I don't expect like Louisiana or Alabama to go hog wild on the marijuana legalization when most of their income comes from incarcerating black and brown people for dealing that marijuana. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing is, is like you've got a bunch of people who are literally living in this underground life where they're buying Mm -hmm. marijuana, where there's, they're growing it and they're selling it or they're purchasing it from the cartel, God forbid. Right. And the reality is, is, is that, you know, you have all of this quote unquote underground business that could be quote unquote above ground in the sunlight business that Mm -hmm. is actually paying taxes into state coffers rather than not. So well, you're saying you're saying the trade-off in, in the cost of penalties by arresting these people and putting them through the system, it would be equal to the taxes they would get if they just made it all legal. Greater. It would be greater. The savings that you would get from not having to put all of these people through the system mm-hmm. would 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 drastically reduce the amount of uh, time that you're going to spend on victimless crimes, number one. Right. But number two, the additional gains that you're going to get from having above ground industries that are, number one, paying business taxes, number two, hiring people to do the work and paying them a wage that Mm. is then taxed and then number three giving them access to banking so that way all of this stuff is literally tracked and traced i mean you can literally figure all of this stuff out very quickly like to me there there's no reason why it shouldn't be done you know like for example montana has the state seal liquor system right where you have state certified liquor shops where you can go and buy hard alcohol. There's no reason why other states can't adopt something similar with, with regards to marijuana. You have either state seal stores or you have, you have an entire board. uh, We have the liquor and cannabis board here in, Mm -hmm. in Washington state. And you have based, you have a lot of inspections, you have a lot of rules and People who try to sidestep those rules get caught. In fact, there's a couple of businesses here in Olympia that actually got busted and a couple of people are going to jail because they thought they could be real cute and siphon off a little product here and there to be able to sell it on the quote unquote black market. And they got busted. But on the other side too, what, what you also have to look at from a public health perspective is when you have these above ground stores, you also have all, you also don't have the same issues that you have with your regular street dealers where they don't know if they're getting ditch weed. They don't know if they're getting good stuff. You don't know if you're getting stuff that's fucking laced and with fentanyl being the problem that it is right now. There are, there are numbers of cases out there right now where marijuana is being laced with fentanyl. That's disgusting. And there has to be some form of um, standard regulations. You know that's, what I mean? And that's and that's what, you know, these these can, liquor and cannabis boards and state seal stores are doing is they're regulating it start to finish. Like, mm. 
they know how much is coming off the field. They know how much is going into the bag. They know how much is making it to the store. They know how much is right. getting sold at the store. Like it is, it is tracked and traced much like their alcohol. And so, and it's state taxed. So yep. you can, you can then decide, does it go towards education? Does it go towards healthcare? Does it go towards public, other public works that you need? Like there's mm -hmm. just no point where things are at right now with this weird, you know, hokey pokey of laws. I mean, let's be realistic. There's still places in the South where counties are dry counties, you yeah. know, in terms of, in terms of liquor and Great. You know, if, if counties want to decide that, you know, that stuff's not available there. Cool. It just means somebody's going to go to the next county over and get it, but that's, you know, whatever. So weird. And sometimes dry means you can get beer, but not liquor. It's just a weird thing, you know, like everybody has their own, their own thing. But I do have a question involving Shikari. Yeah. And that is the other, the, the other side of the coin. And I want to address it really quick. Like she knew the rule, right? Mm -hmm. And she knew this was something that, that could possibly get her kicked out. And she made a bad decision. Yep. Shouldn't she have to pay for that in some way? I'm not saying she, I don't, I'm saying that rule shouldn't exist, but that the fact that it does exist means she should pay some sort of penalty. Right? So this is where, this is where you get it, get this really weird issue of she knew the rule and she broke the rule knowing it. Mm -hmm. Right. And knowing that there would be repercussions for it. Does that mean, you know, this is one of those ones where it's like, I have a real hard time with this one simply because me too. when the rule is really dumb, mm -hmm. you can sit down and say, oh yeah, well she knew the rule and, and she broke it anyways. But at the same time, this rule doesn't necessarily make any sense. Right it's 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 a bad rule but it was a bad rule before she got caught yeah and and you know one of the things that we have to take into consideration is do the rules that exist meet society's current level of understanding and the answer in this case has i i believe has to be no and right. but unfortunately because the rule exists she is going to be punished for it whether or not you know i support the rule or not and it's, right. and it's unfortunate. Now the question is, was the rule applied fairly? That's the, yeah, I wanted to know about more of a gray area. She is an amazing athlete. If you've ever seen her run, you want to see her run on the biggest stage possible. And I just don't think marijuana increases or diminishes her productivity to where it would, it would make a difference in the race. You know, she's not going to win because she took a puff puff. You know what I mean? Well, and one of the things that I haven't had the chance to look up is whether or not Michael Phelps uh, was suspended after he got busted smoking weed. Right. And it is it does say that this this board that does these regulations for sports, some of the sports, marijuana is okay. And some of them it isn't because somebody was saying, you know, I know the whole snowboarding team is high, you know? Right. Exactly. Like, been a, a, yeah. I just think it's a matter of, yeah, it, I don't know. It's a black and white thing that shouldn't be there. And like Gandhi said, the truth, even to one person is still the truth. A yeah. bad rule is still a bad rule. You know what I mean? 
I just wish somebody had addressed it long. Be- I'm so tired of backfilling common sense instead of looking forward and planning ahead, you know, like 20 years ago, somebody should have said, wow, they're starting to legalize it around the world. We should have a discussion on it. Not when somebody got, not one of, not when one of the top athletes in the world, you know, smokes it and she's going to be suspended for the amount of time that weed is usually in your system. You know what I mean? 30 days. That just well, sucks. That well, and sucks. here's the thing is like weed, like weed is in your system, but it's not active in your system. And that's yeah, what exactly. most people don't like. Most people don't think about that. I mean, we've already got like, for example, Arizona had a really unique case that I worked on where we, we, you know, we showcase that, you know, there, there are two, uh, cannabis, uh, carboxyls, mm-hmm. um, that break down. And one, one carboxyl is your active ingredient, the one that gets you goofy or, or gives you the relief. And right. then the other carboxyl is what has been used and is still just sitting in your system. It's inactive. It's inert. There's nothing happening. You're not under the influence. Right. It's a residual. And so, you know, being able to showcase is like, you know, we, we had this whole, you know, if marijuana is in your system you know, at all, then you were stoned. Well, right that's not true because you can have marijuana in your system and you're not affected by it it's not like Mm -hmm. alcohol where when alcohol's in your system it's affected by it and then it breaks down and it gets flushed out of your system right so so i just looked up what happened in 2009 with michael phelps Mm -hmm. so michael phelps did not test positive for marijuana but he got caught smoking a bong right and so Interesting, interesting that, you know, he got caught smoking a bong, but they didn't drug test him. Number one, number two, they suspended him for three months wow. because of that incident. And number what, four, what, uh, what was number, the timing of that? I want to know, was but he it was, suspended during any major events or just after everything? It was, it was during, it was during the off season. So this, in yeah, this was May, 2009. So it would have been after the 2008 Olympics. So I'd be fine if she was suspended after the Olympics for a month. Well, and that's the problem is, is that, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be like, oh yeah, no, this is totally cool up to the Olympics. But then once you're done, you got to punish you for it. That would yeah. be, you know, as but much would, as I hate would it. Be- would it be even more hypocritical to suspend her and then in November change the rule, eliminating it? Um, yes and no. That's a tough one. So, so looking at what happened with Phelps, where he got a three-month suspension, but he mm-hmm. was never, but he never tested positive. Whereas right. you got Shikari, who's only getting a month suspension, literally just long enough to not be able to compete in the Olympics. Right. I mean, in theory, like if you were, if you were actually going for, you know, does the punishment fit the crime in theory, the idea would be that she would be suspended for a lot longer because she had tested for tested positive for it. But the reality here is, is that it's still a stupid rule. (laughs) Um, It's still a stupid rule. And I just, I don't think missing the Olympics, I think when you're saying punishment fits the crime, I don't think that it's the crime at all you're missing an athlete's time on this earth is precious and you only get maybe two olympics in your lifetime that you can compete in and taking one away from her that i just don't think that that matches the crime i think that's excessive and and on top of that it's you know punishing somebody for using something that's 
legal in the state that they were in also doesn't right. make any sense to me. Like right. literally at this point, the only, you know, cause, cause here's the question, you know, yes, we don't consider, we don't consider uh, alcohol to be a performance enhancing drug, but they can go out drinking every single night. Exactly. And it's perfectly legal. So to me, the idea that anybody could be punished for taking something that was perfectly legal in that regard. Right. But they're trying to call it a performance enhancing drug when it's, I would argue that it's not even close. It is a performance enhancing drug. Although, like I said, in grief, it allows you to perform. And that's a necessary and important point here because she was grieving at the time. It allows you to heal. It allows you to focus. It allows you to, you know, deal with anxieties. for some people yes very much it allows them to eat but the idea putting it on the same level as anabolic steroids though doesn't make any sense from a scientific like like it made sense when it was an illegal drug we'll put it i'll put it out it made sense when it was illegal it does not make sense now that so many states have legalized it and and the feds have just failed to keep up with that it doesn't make sense so testing positive in somewhere in a legal location as opposed to a non-legal location, like say Japan doesn't have legalized marijuana. So there's a difference. Don't bring the marijuana to Japan, test clean before you compete. Cause it was legal where you were just like alcohol, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But we don't, we don't want people stoned or drunk running in the Olympics. Right. But if you're right. testing, if you're testing clean by the time your race happens and you did it legally where you were, it should be fine. She should be allowed to run. Like, for example, like if, you know, to here's, here's something that would make sense to me. If the rule was you can't race while you're stoned. Right. It's like, okay, cool. That would mean that once they, once they run the race, you do a blood draw to confirm that they weren't stoned. Mm-hmm. Well, I, then you, then you need to create a test that determines whether they do that already with, yeah. well, they do that with doping already. This is already yeah. a thing. Okay. This is already a thing. So being able to test athletes, you know, to make yeah. sure that they're not doping, they right. already do that. So the idea that you can't test for whether or not they've used marijuana is, is it's a, it's not, it's a moot point. Well, I mean, whether it's an active, <clears throat> active or inactive in yep. your system, if and you're they, testing for the inactive ingredient and you find it, but not the active ingredient, you know, they're not stoned, right? So exactly. it's just, it's just exactly. the test they use, I guess. Exactly. So so like you know that would be one of those things would i be would i be fine if the rule was you can't race stoned yes because right like you said uh, amongst a number of countries it's illegal so the idea that people mm-hmm. are going to be able to have their hands on it, right. it you know for the spirit of competition everybody should be on the same playing field in that mm-hmm. regard um but in terms of but in terms of whether or not somebody should be able to use it off of a race cycle like you know right i i just i don't think that's i don't think that's an issue that should be brought up at this point i just i I think that i think that i think that they because it got because the active ingredients get out of your system so fast it doesn't make sense. right it doesn't make sense and drug testing needs to be reevaluated in all of our employment but I do want to bring this up because I told people we were going to talk about it. And 
I don't know this. I, when I read about this, I had no idea this existed. But then when I read that it involved medical calculations and decisions and calculators, I was like, this might be Jeffrey's sort of thing. <laughs> so there's this thing in maybe it's in insurance and it's in medicine. It's how they determine your risk for stuff. And it's called race, race norming. norming. Yep. Right. And some of the other names here, because I just wanted to get these out there, is is race correction ethnic adjustment and race adjustment now when they determine factors um for your risk for things like your age the amount of pain and all of those things one of the determining factors on whether you might have kidney stones or cancer is race mm -hmm. and so actually what it what it what it's based on is the fact that the the nfl quit using this just recently i want to yep. say and the NFL was determining in lawsuits, dementia lawsuits, that black men had diminished capacity, cognitive capacity to begin with. And so they had to show a more drastic loss of function than white guys did. Basically saying black guys aren't as smart as white guys. So if they lose more, it's not as bad. And they, they shouldn't be able to sue. <laughs> yeah. And holy cow, and they do this in stuff like liver functions or kidney stones or oncology results. And then I thought maybe you might know a little bit about this being in the medical industry. You know what I mean? And that's why I sent you, I for full disclosure, I did send you this article yesterday, mm -hmm. last night. So I don't know how much you had a chance to review it. So I reviewed it a little bit, but <clears throat> a lot of these articles are... I mean, mm -hmm. they're sensationalist and it's, it's really yeah. hard to get to the root of the issue. And so what we have to start with the understanding is, is that everybody is different and everybody, depending on their background is going to have a different set of abilities. Their bodies are, their body chemistries are different. Right. There, there are, there are a, a large number of variables that you have to take into account. Like for example, um, one of the things that had commonly been said, like let's use the Native American population, their ability to tolerate alcohol is a lot different than most other people's ability to tolerate alcohol because there is an enzyme that's missing within their liver that allows them to break down alcohol as um, as most other people do. Now, I'm not familiar with whether or not that's actually true. That's a claim that I know that is out there. Right. <clears throat> Oh, there's um, also a claim that says when they drink, they get angry. Now that's a stereotype, but medically, if you can prove something until it's unproven, it's proof. Well, and uh, and here's the thing is I hate that, that I, this idea, uh, that's the idea of proof because when they drink, drink what? Because let me tell you something about what it looks like when I drink, when oh I God, drink yeah. vodka, I, when I drink vodka, I am like almost like weed level chilled out. Yeah. Uh, whiskey used to make me violently ill. It's actually mm. not so much the case anymore. Tequila, I call it my Jekyll and Hyde because I don't know me if I'm going to end up wanting to fight you or if I just want to take off my pants. Me too. And I don't it, have any. I don't have any way of knowing which one's going to happen. So I just tend mm. to avoid that one because I don't like fighting. <laughs> right. I like taking off my pants, and apparently I, I'm very like. Hey, can I take off my pants when I'm on tequila? Okay. Uh, but uh, no. Well, Jose Cuervo and I are going to make a visit to Washington coming up soon. Like <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but it's, you know, 
it's one of those things like so so the idea that people get angry when they get drunk it's it's very different depending on what a person's drinking That's everybody everybody is different you know everybody processes different alcohols differently nothing is monolithic <clears throat> exactly so you know and what makes me a fighter for one person makes somebody else a lover that's right so the idea that the idea like this this weird concept of race norming i would argue is is the bastard child of the of eugenics okay. i mean think about it you know the idea that the idea that black black men had lower cognitive functions to begin with right like where in the fuck did you get that that's the point slavery jim crow like all of that that's where it all right. comes from there's something else that says a study that says you're more likely to you're less likely to get kidney stones if you're black because generally black people are more muscular that's a study they're going off of and by the way race norming it it became popular in 1990 this isn't like a jim crow thing you know? right but but you know it's it's still one of those things that it's an evolution of it yeah it's an evolution of it it's like okay we've got the really fucking awful and overt thing out of the way so let's try and let's try and make it a little bit more subtle and see if anybody catches it Mm -hmm. which by the way if if you're starting to feel triggered that we might be talking about critical race theory well that's so funny somebody was talking about that and they were saying white people don't like critical race theory but it actually takes the guilt off of their hands but the problem is that that then it does make them need to do something and white people they don't want the guilt but they also don't want to do anything that's know? the fucking truth but welcome to society nobody does i mean i don't <sighs> think that's that. a white thing i just think like I don't know. Everybody, like, nobody cares about the other side. Women don't care about men's rights. Men don't care about women's rights. You know, it's just nobody cares about anybody but themselves. Yeah, and that's just it. Is is that you know, it's 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 just all insane. But so, to say that there isn't a black man on the planet that isn't smarter than me, I'm guessing there is billions of them. You know? uh, I'm so guessing. I, I, I know that there's at least a few out there. <laughs> right, and so I don't understand stereotyping it that way i don't i don't understand how race is involved in so many what i see is more as a, as a capitalism thing like you're going to pay a higher rate if you're a smoker for insurance you're going to pay a higher rate for black being black in the nfl i think it's just these little mm -hmm. things they do to increase their profits you know what i mean because if the if the league is 90 percent african-american and you can eliminate 90% of the people just by saying, oh, if you're black, you get less, then right. there's their profit margin. You know what I mean? But that's, you know, and, and also this, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in, in different industries, you see it manifest in different ways. So like, mm -hmm. for example, in the insurance industry, you saw this manifest in, in where they would put uh, higher uh, premiums in certain zip codes and not in other zip codes. And it wasn't based on uh, anything that had to do with crime. It was just the fact that the population was majority black. Right. And so when, when insurance companies got busted for that, you know, it's, it's no different in that, you know, if, if you're putting health insurance out there and mm -hmm. one of the ways that you determine premium is the, the race of an individual, that's yikes, man. That's yikes. And you're right. That is critical race theory, isn't but, it? It's just an offshoot absolutely. of it. It's not law. It's medicine. 
and that's but that's just it though it's not an objective thing like smoking where it doesn't matter if you're black white brown right. it doesn't matter smoking is bad for your lungs regardless of what race you are that's right. a that's a health decision that is bad for you uh excessive alcohol consumption is bad for your liver doesn't matter what race you are also bad for your friendships by the way but moving on but that too uh bad for family life too yeah 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 it really destroys every aspect of your life like a frog in a boiling pot you just don't realize it it's like putting a frog in a boiling pot except that boiling pot also has a blender attachment in it yeah, right that hurts everybody around you but not you <laughs> <laughs> right seriously so so like that's so so that's where you have like these pseudosciences that somehow you know people well, of a different race are somehow lesser than you know right. a white person's cognitive abilities that's bullshit that's absolute bullshit now prove, i mean it can't be proved no it cannot be because you know so so what is what's your sample pool in that then yeah, is your sample is your say. sample pool going to be like the quarterback who notoriously doesn't take as many hits who if right. you look at it most quarterbacks in in the NFL are white versus you know your running backs and your receivers who are constantly getting fucking lit up mm -hmm. like I, I hate to tell you this, but you don't even have to know the game of football all that well. Literally, you can just go to boxing to see how cognitive ability is affected by repeated blows to the head. Right. So when you don't have repeated blows to the head, your cognitive ability actually is maintained. Whereas if you keep having these repeated traumas to the head, your cognitive ability is going to dissipate. I mean, right. that's just, that is medical science. The more blows to the head that you get, the more that it's going to affect your brain's ability to function in any regard. Right. Which is why, but, which is why one of the reasons why I've said that the NFL is a dangerous sport and it's more dangerous than we've ever really realized because, you know, do we love seeing these fucking hard, vicious hits? Yes. Till you start realizing like there's real brain damage going on there. And like, that's a problem. <laughs> That's that's the problem, but I don't think, unless it's a case by case basis, you can determine that one race has a starting point of a lower cognitive ability than another race. You know? And and here's the other issue: like, where do you start? Where where is your metric of starting that cognitive right. ability test? Is it in middle right. school when they first start playing, you know, tackle football? Is it in high school when they're starting to play JV and varsity? Is oh. it in college when they're finally starting to play at like, you know, what would be an amateur level, semi-pro level? Right. Is it in the NFL at the beginning before they start their tenure in the NFL? Is it at the right. end of their tenure? Because during that entire stretch of time, you're having repeated blows to the head. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing, like as a middle schooler, yeah, the hits weren't very hard. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, you, it's still taking a hit to the head. And, and when you hit the ground hard enough, it rings your bell Yeah. in high school. That's when I got my concussion and I got a fucking ringer. That's I'm still dealing with to this day. Yes, I know people the same way, kids, nephews that are still dealing with it, you know, years after it. And the other question I have is. If white people have a, a higher cognitive ability due to some study, have you studied how women 
how their cognitive abilities are or the LGBT, because maybe we're just have to going to get a gay female quarterback because her cognitive ability is a higher baseline than the white guy. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's just it is, is that typically what you, well, this is, and this is a larger issue in terms of medical science. And, and I know Mm -hmm. that, I know that Debbie would be able to argue this one absolutely fantastically, but medicine is, medicine is very male centric and treatments are very, very much figured out by testing on men. And so, and so when it comes to actually applying that medicine to the general population, it usually doesn't work as well as, as, as it could, because you don't, it's, it's like saying, I'm just going to take a little bit of data right here and I'm just going to try this. And then I'm going to say, yeah, that works for everybody, but your sample is so fucking biased. Exactly. Good so, point. so if you, if you bias your sample that hard and then you're like, well, I don't understand why this isn't working. Well, it's because your sample fucking suck dick. Right. And I think there's too many studies like that around. I just don't know why medical professions aren't constantly evaluating that. I think you're, I think you're going to start seeing that more, at least, at least I hope as they start to realize that, Hey, you know, we're making decisions without the best data possible. And so we need to have more data because more data means that you're going to be able to fine tune and tailor this in a way that allows you to address you know, whatever it is that you're looking to address. But this idea that, you know, we're only going to test on one very select sample size and then extrapolate that out to all these other, you know, all these other things, all these Mm -hmm. other people that we didn't test on. Like it's, that's just bad science. That's, that's, that's not, that's just bad science is what that is. And why are you, using a calculator to, t- to determine kidney stones when you could use an ultrasound and find them <laughs> you know, like right like why why do you have to use a calculator that says oh this guy is black when you can use an ultrasound that says oh there's kidney stones so, but also uh, too you also have to look at it's like what is a me- what is a person's medical ability to go in and deal with kidney stones is it that they actually right. don't get kidney stones or is it actually that they can't afford to get into a fucking doctor in order to see anybody about their kidney stones like right. th- this is it, bad data gives you bad results and so when all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're like well we didn't know fuck you you didn't know you chose not to know you picked bad data for a reason you picked right. it because this looked really rosy to you and you could turn it into something useful whereas if you had actually stepped back and actually pulled in all of the data and been like hmm now that i'm looking at this this doesn't look like i thought it did and then actually yeah. start to work from there uh Sorry, as a, exactly. as, a, as a data person, shit like this pisses me off. I know, that's why I picked this story, honestly. Like, as a data person, this shit pisses me off so bad because then they sit down and they try to do this whole, oh, well, we didn't know. Fuck you, you didn't know. You chose to pick a very select and biased sample size. And now mm-hmm. you're trying to pull the I'm surprised and we're sorry card. Fuck you. Right. If you ever do a study and it ends up being black people are more... <laughs> You need to evaluate that more. <laughs> if you if you do a study and says only white people, you need to keep going with that study. Don't don't stop at a two thousand person like, poll to find out that Republicans hate us. You know, and like, and and seriously, like like seriously, like if you actually like if if you find that it's something that's significant within the sample size, then right. it means that that's something that you need to expand out on to confirm because you might have a bias in there that you don't realize, mm-hmm. you know, 
is it possible that you know i mean for example there's one thing that we that we do know for sure black people have more melanin like that's that's actually a thing it's a fact yeah. that's a medical fact so i mean to say that it's not possible is is it, it, medically speaking and and numerically speaking there is definitely a possibility that that there are select changes because well we know theory of evolution you adapt mm -hmm. to your environment and your surroundings mm -hmm. so there are absolutely going to be some things that are prevalent in certain groups of people that aren't in others right but something like this like cognitive function i'm exactly. sorry that's bullshit that's exactly. absolutely bullshit. It's it's fucking Jim Crow bullshit. It's fucking slavery bullshit. It's eugenics bullshit. It's capitalism bullshit. It's, Sorry, I just think that way. I think as soon as a doctor sees me as a white man, he has a certain uh, perspective about me. And when a black woman goes in, I think they that it's diminished you know i mean and, anecdotally speaking i've I've known that that's happened i've i have well, a friend whose whose mother black couldn't get the care that she needed right being 90 years old they like she didn't know her own body at 90 years old she's as sharp as a fucking tack and her tongue's even sharper yet mm -hmm. but they wouldn't listen to her until some you know it's like hey i'll be your volunteer white dude and and one of my friends oh, yeah, you told me about that yeah and oh. one of my friends goes in and says no this you need to actually oh well, well sorry well let's actually do this and right it's like you got to be fucking kidding me the fact that you can't listen to a woman who's 90 years old who knows her fucking body who's of sound mind and body mm -hmm. it's like I, it's it's bullshit it's it's absolutely bullshit i know for mm -hmm. a fact that like when it comes to my medical care like I can sit down and talk with any doctor and they're going to listen to me and they're going to sit down and say, Oh, okay. So based on what you're telling me, this right. is the, probably the course of treatment. But if Debbie has the exact same thing going on, mm -hmm. it's going to be, are you on your period? Have you pooped? Do you have to fart? When right. was the last time you, it's like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Right. They drag it back to the basics. And, and so it's, it's, it is, it is bullshit. And it is time that medical science actually work with the data sets that are out there and stop fucking cherry picking. Or because start realizing that everyone's an individual and you need to start with that until you see the consistencies. You know what I mean? Like, don't assume that I'm going to be one thing because I'm one thing, but prove it to yourself, run the test, find out, and then go forward. But don't, don't ever give me medical advice based on an, an assumption or an opinion. You know what I mean? Until you have proof, don't assume that I, anybody is one way or another. Like it's, you know? it's one thing to say, you know, it's one thing to be a math person and sit down and say, you know, the statistical likelihood of somebody mm -hmm. having X disease is, you know, 1.5% because we've only found it in 1.5% of the population, but that doesn't mean that because it's only 1.5% of the population that you're not that 1.5%. You actually have to run the testing confirm. And, and the reality has been yes. that they don't want to run these tests because these tests cost money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. The test costs money, but so does the treatment, but you know what the treatment does? It keeps me from having come back here time and time and time and time and time again. Yep. 
it's like it's like hey my car is making a funny noise well there's only a 1.5 percent chance that it's you know your piston ring going out well fucking check it because i don't want to have to keep coming back here until my fucking engine blows up hey jeffrey yo Thanks for being here at Public Access America. We're going to wrap up because we're going to start our next hour, and our guest is here. So, oh, it's time. If you're a podcaster, then tune in next Thursday for what we're about to talk about. And if you're a live streamer, get ready for Adam. (laughs) To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. Ask not yes, we can. what your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I, poor little children, yes, we can. one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. It's In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams Sunday on live YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Stitcher, Stitcher, Stitcher Radio, Smart Radio, 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 Public, and, and Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. America. History, history in the making. Making history in the making. did want to leave that i was hoping that this conversation would be left open-ended so that people would stop and think to themselves what do i really think a man is yeah you know mm-hmm. like somebody that doesn't doesn't um identify one way or another has male attributes and at times could be more manly than me when i'm being sensitive and sweet yep. you know what i mean and so that's so weird to me like you were talking about servicemen and women, and I thought to myself, I want to change that term to fighting folks because there's mm-hmm. more than just men and women in the army. There's mm-hmm. transitioning, and so we need to get past that, that there's only men and women there, you know, because yeah. of that other thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's the, the – we have placed these boxes, and, I, you, and, yeah. and for reasons for reasons unknown – 
you know, <laughs> and, and, and we allow that definition to change. And I'm sure that if you ask the question of what is a woman, that that definition has changed multiple times too. Yeah. What does it mean to actually just be a person? Like if, 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 because we're all people, right. That's really, you know, what, what does it mean to be a good person? It's right. really the question that we, you know, we really need to be asking and, and answering because so being a good man or a good woman just simply means being a good person. Just be a good person, man, woman, the entire spectrum. Yeah. I'm veterinary. Yeah. It doesn't even matter, man. I mean, if you were able to be nurturing mm. and caring and strong, it does, it, it, it's not identified by man or woman at this point. You know what I mean? Right. If you're a great person, a great human, you're nurturing, you're caring, you're supportive, you're loving, you're you're all these amazing things that used to be narrowed down to a woman or a man. Yeah, now it's right. how are you to be a great human, you know? Yeah, um, and that means just taking care of what's next and what's in front of you. Like I 100%. Said, if I'm doing the dishes because my wife cooked dinner and then I'm doing the laundry because she's walking the dog or I'm changing the sheets and she's getting the blankets out of the dryer, it's just whoever's what's next. And it's if I have to be effort. sweet, if I have to be sweet and hold the little baby and, and think it's the cutest thing in the world and smell baby powder, I'll do that. And if I got to throw fists or something, cause somebody is disrespecting my friends, I'll do that too. Yeah. And if one of my gay friends is getting picked on for being gay, I'm going to stand right behind him and claim to be gay. That's what I'm going to do as a man is take care of what's next on the list to be taken care of. Yep. You know, and I would just, you know, I, I would even say, don't, don't claim to be gay. Just be like, why is it a fucking problem? Why is it a problem? Yeah. Exactly. It's not. Why, it's not why stand behind him? Why not beside him? Beside him, behind yeah. him, wherever it needs. Depends on his size, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.